<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Thursday, October 1st, 2020. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, new Surface Laptop Go and Surface Pro X from Microsoft. Google is going to pay $1 billion to support journalism globally. Google has a photos update, but why is Stadia already looking shaky? And a textbook example of a developer's dream of overnight success that was actually years in the making. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Microsoft this morning took the wrapping off a new Surface Laptop Go with a smaller 12.4-inch display, 10th-gen Intel Core i5 processors, and actually there are three different models here, but they're available for pre-order today and shipping October 13th. The headline here is that the Go starts at just $549, thereby making this one of the lowest-cost Surface devices yet, only bested in cheapness by the $399 Surface Go 2. The target here is people who are maybe Chromebook curious, quoting The Verge. The Surface Laptop Go, as the name implies, is mostly the same Surface you've seen before, but smaller and lighter. Microsoft is using a smaller 12.4-inch display than the 13.5-inch one found on the Surface Laptop 3, but it's also running just 1536 by 1024 resolution. That's still more than standard 720p HD thanks to the 3 by 2 aspect ratio, but even the Surface Go 2 managed to hit 1920 by 1280 on a smaller 10.5 inch display. This smaller frame makes the Surface Laptop Go the lightest Surface Laptop ever at just 2.45 pounds. That's lighter than Apple's MacBook Air and many Chromebooks or Windows laptops at this price point. Microsoft is still including a full-size keyboard with 1.3 millimeters of travel and a large Windows Precision trackpad. Unlike the Surface Go tablet, Microsoft is shipping what I'd call a real processor inside the laptop Go. Microsoft has opted for a 10th gen Intel Core i5 rather than the Intel Pentium Gold processor found on the base Surface Go. It's not the latest 11th gen Intel processors we're starting to see in other laptops, but the quad-core chip should be sufficient for this type of device. Unfortunately, the base model of the Surface Go laptop includes just 4GB of RAM and 64GB of eMMC storage. Both are serious drawbacks for a Windows laptop in 2020, especially when you can pick up something like Acer's Aspire 3 with the same processor, 8GB of RAM, 512GB of SSD storage, and a bigger 15-inch 1080p display for just $549." End quote. Microsoft also unveiled an updated Surface Pro X with a faster SQ2 processor and a new silvery platinum color starting at $1,500. You might remember the Surface Pro X as Microsoft's laptop with an ARM processor, quoting Engadget. According to the company, the new SQ2 processor is the fastest processor in its class, though the big caveat is that this class is limited to existing ARM-based PCs that are largely powered by Qualcomm. Microsoft hasn't shared many details about this chipset, and in the past only described the older SQ1 chip as sharing DNA with Qualcomm's Snapdragon processors. 
but it's likely that the SQ2 is a customized version of the recently announced Snapdragon 8CX Gen 2, which itself isn't actually speedier than the original 8CX. In addition to configurations with the new SQ2 processor, the Surface Pro X is also available today in a new silvery platinum finish. There are also three new colors for the matching signature keyboard, platinum, poppy red, and that same pretty ice blue from the Laptop Go. Very little else about the new Surface Pro X is new. Microsoft is promising longer battery life up to 15 hours across both configurations, up from 13 hours, and continues to call this the thinnest Surface yet. That sleek profile might explain why there isn't a 5G version available, by the way. The Pro X will only work on 4G and support gigabit LTE networks for connectivity, and that's going to still offer decent speeds even as 5G rolls out more widely in the next two years, end quote. However, the big sticking point I will point out with this device last year is app compatibility or lack thereof, because remember, ARM chip. We'll have to wait for the reviews to find out if this is a problem that has been improved upon or not. Google is planning to spend more than $1 billion through 2023 to actually pay publishers to create high-quality journalism through what it is calling the Google News Showcase, quoting Axios. This is Google's biggest ever financial commitment to the news industry. In 2018, it pledged $300 million to efforts supporting the news industry. This announcement builds on that effort and its existing news licensing program, where it pays select publishers to feature their stories in Google News and Search. Our approach with Google News Showcase is a very different approach for Google from a product standpoint. It's a new way for us to connect users to stories that matter. It's a new way for us to work with publishers but to also make money from their content beyond search and news. And of course, it's a new way for Google to support the future of quality journalism. That quote came from Brad Bender, Google's VP of Product Management for News. The Google News Showcase, launching first in Brazil and Germany, includes a new set of features that Google hopes will help guide readers to higher quality information and boost traffic to participating publishers' websites. The biggest feature in the showcase is panels, which allow publishers to package stories with greater context than they can provide now when their stories appear on Google. Publishers can include elements like timelines, bullets, and related articles within one story panel. Eventually, they'll be able to embed video, audio, and daily briefings. The showcase, initially launching on Android and soon on iOS, will first appear within Google News and eventually also in Discover and Search. As part of this effort, Google says it will offer free access to select paywalled articles on some participating publishers' sites, with the idea being that the extra exposure will one day help publishers convert those visitors to subscribers. The new Showcase product is different from Google Search or News because it relies more heavily on the editorial choices of individual publishers. Panels will still be surfaced by the same algorithms used to rank content in Google News or Search, but within them, publishers will be curating what's featured. Bender says it's selecting publishers on a country-by-country basis. Quote, We need to have enough of a critical mass of publisher content to be able to launch in a country, he says. From there, it will prioritize publishers that have established audiences and serve a community like local news publishers and print newspapers, end quote. One thing I missed yesterday in the scrum of Google News announcements, Google also rolled out an updated Google Photos on Android with a new editor feature that a lot of people were pretty jazzed about because it'll actually recommend edits for you. Basically, this is an editor powered by machine learning, quoting The Verge. The biggest change is a new Suggestions tab in the photo editing menu, which will offer recommendations for edits for the specific photo you're currently looking at, 
automatically adjusting things like brightness, contrast, and portrait effects. The broad edits are also just a starting point. Google will show you what edits it's made and let you tweak them further. To start, Google is offering some basic options for suggestions like Enhance and ColourPop, but the company promises it'll continue to expand its lineup of options optimized around specific types of images like portraits, landscapes, or sunsets in the coming months, starting with Pixel phones. Google is also rolling out a new interface for its general editing tools for things like brightness, contrast, saturation, warmth, white point, blur, and more, making it easier for users to scroll through these options and adjust them for the image in question, end quote. While this apparently began rolling out on Android yesterday, no word on when or even if it might appear on iOS. With everybody fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. I use this, and you should too. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee, so get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Whenever I need to do financial research for this show, for instance, during tech earnings season, when I have to analyze how various companies' stocks have been performing, I only ever turn to our sponsor today, Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They are the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insights to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. But also, I miss this. You know that new Google Chromecast with Google TV that got pride of place in yesterday's Google announcements? Yeah, well, it turns out that device will not support Stadia, Google's game streaming service at launch, and in fact won't support Stadia until sometime in the first half of 2021, maybe. It also won't support Apple TV Plus either, but it's the Stadia support, or lack thereof, that is really, really raising eyebrows. Here's The Verge's stab at an explanation, quote, Right now, Stadia is supported on the current 
Chromecast Ultra, which is based on Google's original Chromecast platform. It doesn't have an interface on its own. It only takes streaming video from the internet as directed by your phone or your Stadia controller. The new Chromecast for Google TV, by comparison, has several layers. At the base is Android TV, the operating system for the new Chromecast. It's what allows the new system to have a user interface you can navigate and over 6,500 apps. On top of Android TV is the new Google TV interface, a Google-centric skin that pretties up Android TV. Finally, at the very top, there's Cast. You can still cast videos to Android TV devices, just not Stadia games. If we had to guess, and we kind of do, we'd say that there are problems for Stadia in two of those three layers. Stadia does have an Android app for phones, but apparently an Android app for TVs is a different beast. You likely expect higher frame rates, higher resolutions, and lower latency on your TV than your phone. Currently, Stadia does work on Android TV, but only in a very weird, tacked-on way. It's, quote, still a shoehorned version of the phone UI that really isn't great for non-touchscreens, as 9to5Google aptly put it. Latency might also be the reason that Stadia can't simply be cast to the new Chromecast at launch. Since it runs on Android TV instead of the simpler OS in the Chromecast Ultra, the new Chromecast with Google TV may introduce more latency into the game stream, end quote. So by saying support is coming, Google clearly thinks that this is a solvable problem. And yet... This is not stopping folks from assuming this is the worst of Google being Google, doing what Google does best, which is losing interest or not having focus on their myriad projects. Some tweets. Here's Alex Hearn. Google is already launching new products that don't support Stadia less than a year after it launched Stadia. Support will come sometime in the first half of 2021, end quote. Jason Howell. If Google really cared about Stadia, I mean really cared about seeing it thrive and succeed, it would be sure that it runs on their latest living room device at launch, full stop. I just don't understand, end quote. And most pessimistically, here's Ralph Barbagallo. This is usually an indicator that Google is subsetting a platform. Remember when the Pixel 4 came out and silently didn't support Daydream? Google Stadia's death is imminent, end quote. I did want to make note of the fact that Palantir did do its direct listing yesterday, debuting on the New York Stock Exchange at $10 a share before closing the day at $9.50. So they did not blow the doors off the place, a la Snowflake. We might have more on Palantir for the weekend long reads tomorrow. But for now, quoting CNBC, The initial price gives Palantir a market cap of $16.5 billion based on 1.65 billion shares outstanding, which excludes various restricted stock units or RSUs, options, and unvested stock. The fully diluted share count is $2.17 billion, so Palantir's stock market value will rise significantly as options, RSUs, and unvested units convert to common stock. Shares of Palantir founded in 2003 have been widely traded on the private market for years, though the company has struggled to maintain the $20.4 billion valuation from a 2015 financing round. The stock at that time was valued at $11.38 and traded this year for between $4.17 and $11.50, end quote. And finally today, this is the stuff of developer dreams. A developer who I've only been able to identify as at Traff on Twitter shared a blog post outlining how he generated more than $100,000 in just six days. So as the title of the piece notes, six figures in six days, merely by selling custom app icon sets as the iPhone home screen customization craze has exploded with the release of iOS 14. 
Quoting from his post, which has lots of lessons for anyone hoping something similar happens to them, quote, As soon as I noticed the hype, I put together some icons in my own style, downloaded some widgets, and tried it all out. I thought it looked cool, so I shared a screenshot of it on Twitter. Right away, people started asking about the icons in the screenshot. So I quickly packaged them, uploaded them to Gumroad, and embedded them on a Notion site using Super. All of this took about two hours, end quote. And then all it took was the tweet getting a ton of likes, and then getting picked up by places like iMore, and then an MKBHD mention in one of his videos, and boom! But what Traff wants you to know is that this wasn't an overnight success. He had been tinkering around with iOS customization in the jailbreak community for years. And as he points out quite rightly in this post, sure, sometimes you get lucky and lightning strikes you. But more often than not, you have to be prepared in order to be fortunate. Read the piece. He recommends always be publishing. He mentions having the pieces in place to strike immediately when the iron is hot. And quote, In the same way that creating icon sets seven years ago prepared me for last week, this whole experiment has likely prepared me for what's to come years from now. The best part about this is the freedom it's bought me to keep building things that'll create even more freedom. Spending time on things that will buy you time is always a good use of it. When people buy into whatever it is you're selling, they're not only giving you money, but they're contributing to your future freedom. The market will decide a huge part of what comes after sharing something, so continually increase your odds by building, publishing, then repeating. Try many things once to figure out what you want to do twice. Figure out what you've got stored in your brain that can be of value to others, and then share it with the world. You might be surprised by what comes of it." End quote. This podcast just had a record month last month in September. We were just shy of a million downloads last month, which I know it's just an arbitrary round number, but I so wanted to hit a million downloads in a month for the first time, the way the calendar actually shakes out. Next month, we'll have extra shows. So since I haven't asked you to do it in a long time, and I really want to hit that million download in a month number for whatever reason, just jollies for me, please spread the word about this podcast. If we could pick up even 500 to 1,000 new listeners in the next few weeks, we should break the million download barrier next month easily. So anyone you know who likes podcasts, tell them about this show. Anyone you know who likes tech or works in tech, tell them about this show. Just tell a friend. And thanks for being a loyal listener. Talk to you tomorrow.